Hello, it's Lady and the Tramp. I'm Trish Mitchell, the dog magician. And I'm Andy Lee, dog man down under. We're talking about family dogs and family issues. First of all, <laughs> well, I'll give her some feedback from our last podcast from our other listener. Oh, we've got two. That's right. I keep yeah. forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she listened for the first time. Right. When she when it finished, I said to her, "What do you think?" And she said, "Oh, I like that." She said, "What's that lady's name?" And I said, "Trish Mitchell." And she said, "She's really good, isn't she?" <laughs> She's. <laughs> I really like her. <laughs> Doesn't she speak well? <laughs> I said, yes, she does. She said, she sounds really intelligent, really clever, worldly wise. Oh, you're but, making this up. No, this is true. Worldly wise, but she doesn't come across as arrogant like some people who are clever do. She just talks normally, but really nice <laughs> and clear. I said, yes, she used to be a broadcaster. So she should do. She went, yes, I really like her. <laughs> I said, oh, right. And she said, I think I'll listen to her again. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Yeah. And then she had us a little thing. So, yeah, I really like her. <laughs> and then about an hour later, I was taking this lady home, because she's a relative, and we stopped at the lights, and she must have been thinking to herself about it. She went, What's her name again? I said, Trish. And she said, she's so good. She speaks so well and clearly. And she said, even when she's talking to you, she sounds like, she, said, she sounds like she's just having a conversation with you. I said, oh, that was it. That's a feedback. So, Thank you for inviting me as a guest again <laughs> on your show. <laughs> Where do I send the check? That's what I want to know. That's hilarious. Well, that, that's your first true fan. Well, at least at least this is a relative of yours, you said, right? Yeah. Well, none of my relatives <laughs> listen. None of my friends listen. Oh. So, you know, I'm glad that a relative of yours <laughs> listens. <laughs> So we'll get on to the subject. Oh, no, I think we'll talk about, well, just mention, because you've got such a clear, nice voice. I'll talk about my labourer back in the old days when I was building, doing building work in England. Yeah. Because you don't say many likes and words like that and ah, ahs. Okay. But right. This is my labourer. Right. We, we've... We called in, we're on the main road, the A2, going to work. We called in the local shop there, went in, got a pie, coming out, and then Lloyd stopped, and he came walking down, and he's got a clipboard with him, and he said, can you tell me where the town hall is? And Farishan this was. And I just went to tell him, and my labourer butted in, and this is his directions. Go up the road there, right, over the bridge right, turn left right, go down, you'll come to a left bend, bend right, go around that bend right, 
<laughs> go down and then you'll come to a zebra crossing, right? And he said, on the left, right, you'll see the fish shop, right? We're not far after that, right? You come to another set of lights, right? Turn left, right there. Go up the road, turn left, right. Go down, just a hundred yards, right? Turn left, right. Up the road, up the turn, I was on the left, right. <laughs> and the bloke standing there was, what? <laughs> I said, go up the road, turn, take the first left, follow the road, she gets to the lights, turn right, follow that first left, up there on the left. <laughs> so oh, I should have him on the show. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, you didn't get that joke. I said, yeah, right. <laughs> you should be on the radio. I should. <laughs> okay, secret question. Yes. What happens to your body when you die? What What have you, are you planning to happen to your body when you die? Buried, cremated, whatever. Cremated. Okay. Because this is this is well, how. Ask me the same question. Because I've got it all planned. <laughs> what if I don't care? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be pretty bored here waiting for the question, aren't we? <laughs> so, Andy. Yes. What's going to happen to your body when you die? What this has to do with dogs, I have no idea, but I'm sure it's no. leading somewhere. It has. It's got everything to do. With oh, that. they're going to eat you. So, what we're going to do? And you, you've been tasked. You've got the task. You, you're going to chop up my body. You're going to feed it to my dogs, my pack, and then you're going to take me out in the bush, and then I'll go hunting one one last time with my pack. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say you're going to take my pack out into the bush. <laughs> They're going to poo me out and I'll be buried in the bush. <laughs> I like no, that scenario I'm going, better. I'm going hunting with them for one last time. <laughs> All right, now we'll get on to practical stuff. I presume this is about dogs, right? Because yeah. this is what our yeah. podcast is supposedly about. Yeah. Dogs. Socialisation. Our other listener, yes. say, has asked us to talk about what would you do? You get a pack now. Yeah. What are you going to do to socialise it? What's your idea of socialisation, bringing up a dog to be social? To, to be social with humans and other dogs, well, you mean? That just yeah. that word, social. Yeah, social. So socialise your dog. What does it mean to you and everything like that? Well, normally I would say... Get your puppy out amongst older dogs, calm, balance older dogs as soon as you can because that's what they need. But because vets advise don't let your puppy out the door until it's had its 97th vaccination at three months. Some of them are five months old before the, the vet says they can go out. Oh, that's Seriously. just wrong. That's just wrong. What yeah. chance have you got? When the dog's five months old, yeah. you're coming from so far behind the eight ball yeah. in terms of them seeing, sniffing another dog. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So 
Well, come on then. Tell oh, us. oh, right. Well, <laughs> don't start dreaming. <laughs> yeah, what you're going to do? Right. Um, are we presuming that the the puppy's four or five months old? Is that the scenario, no, or just you've do... got a puppy now? We don't presume anything because I tell people we're telling people what they should do. I tell people ignore the vet. Yes. Get the bloody dog out. Yes. You know, you don't have to go to the dog park where there's thousands of dogs. And in most places now, where's the where's the December? Yes. Where's the parvo? Yeah. And you, you don't have to go where all these dogs are walking. There's plenty of places where you can take your dog, let it off the lead, and start following you and walking around. Yeah. I was taking my one up the woods for walks up the woods at seven weeks old. Yeah. Following me. So, yeah. But then we've gone on from that. And we've got, so we've got a dog, we've taken it out ourselves. At some point, we've got to start socialising it with other dogs and stuff like that. So what do you do? And people. Well, I was just thinking, when I was a kid, it wasn't even a question. You know, like mm. when I, when we first came to Australia, I was 10 or 11, I think, and a dog followed me home from school, Skipper, and I begged and pleaded till I was allowed to keep him. And because he was a presumably a street dog, I mean, he looked like part Dalmatian, part something, but he was smallish. And he was just naturally sociable because he'd grown up presumably on the streets from puppyhood and he'd socialised himself. And because, I don't know, I mean, I don't even know where to start because people don't know how to not listen to the vet. So in an ideal circumstance, I would do exactly what you did, is like teach them to follow you around. So say, for instance, if I got a puppy now, then because I've got a reasonable size backyard, then I I would have the puppy follow me out and follow me around off the lead, right, and then I would wait to a quiet time around my neighbourhood and stay away from as many people as possible because so many people are judgmental. Oh, that's the thing. We've got to talk about this leash, off-leash and on-leash areas. Yeah. Because this is a totally random tangent. But I have, my my girl is 13, right? She's calm, she's quiet, she follows me off-leash. She's never caused a problem in her life. And every time I take her out in my local area, I half the people I pass with their dogs pulling them off their feet on leash glare at me because I've got my dog off leash, even though she's calm, quiet, doing her own thing, having a little sniff, walking along beside me. But I get such bad vibes from people. And what you'd say, she's about five pound. Yes. Two kilo she's, in weight. No, she's and, actually 4.4 kilos. She never leaves your side. Never she leaves my side. Along. She takes no notice of anyone walking nope. by or any other She'll dogs, occasionally so. wag a tail yeah. at some fluffy as it, yeah. as it walks past. And But I've got so tired of getting glares and bad vibes from people because she's off the leash. Why people have suddenly become leash Nazis when she's completely harmless. Because if you make ridiculous laws... You make Nazis. You make any law, you make Nazis. Yeah, but there's a lot of, like, yeah, ordinary people. people are like. They are Nazis, in, and we have to be, to get our freedoms, we have to fight for freedoms because as soon as they take one away, 
you get all the Nazis saying, I yeah. don't have to do that, so you can't do that, that want to obey everything, and they become Nazis to... I know. It's really quite fascinating because they seem like perfectly nice people. And I always smile. If someone comes towards yeah. me with a dog, I smile and say good morning. And the number of people who will either go round me, like very obviously, like, ooh, your dog's off leash, I'm going to go round you because, you know, my 4.5 kilo fluffy might kill my pit bull. But it's the vibe. It's the bad energy I'm mm. getting from people. I've got to, because I, initially I was like, oh, buggy you. I'm going to leave her off. She loves being off leash. She's old. I'm not going to pay any attention to you. But <clears throat> it affected me so badly that I would see people coming and I would start to wonder, instead of feeling happy and, oh, yeah. there's people with a dog, I'd be thinking, are they going to bad vibe me? So now she's on the leash. All the, I mean, I let her wander because yeah. she's old and, you know, I don't do the training thing with her. But it's just it's wrong because there's there's an opportunity for in a calm, quiet area for dogs to be off-leash calmly with their owners and have a little sniff at each other and then wander off again. You know, I, I always say, this is my, my little thinking on it, if they brought out a law tomorrow that you weren't allowed to walk on the road in the curb, you instantly, that day, you would get people on the net complaining to the rangers, I saw someone walking in the curb. I saw them. They're not allowed to. Yeah. No, you can make ridiculous rules and you'll get all these Nazis come out saying, I can't do that. Why are they doing that? You know, it doesn't affect them at all, but they, they just, you get these Nazis. It's, the worst thing you can do, the worst thing that happened was when they banned dogs being off fleet, apart from little tiny places, because now they can't get social. Yes. Because they can't. And uh, it drives me around the bend. Just about every bloody trainer complains about off-lead dogs and they can't t- teach the, their clients how to stop a dog coming up to their dog on the lead. They, they're trainers and they can't do it. I mean, they can't teach it. And it's ridiculous. And they say, yep. teach your dog to be social. Well, how can any trainer teach the yes. dog how to approach another dog off-lead? It's impossible. Yep. They say, keep them on the lead, keep them on the lead. Of course, what happens first thing you let them off the lead? They see a dog, that's their own species. Yep. And they go tearing up to it. Look at this. Yep. And they haven't been brought up with little puppies going up to big dogs and the big dog that works. Yeah. Uh, get away from me. That social interaction hasn't been allowed. So they're, they're teaching people never let your dog off the lead around other dogs. And they're saying, You've got to have a perfect recall. Well, that means they can't go up to other dogs off the lead. Yeah. That's what they want. Well, I don't agree with that. No, well, neither do I. And that's what I was talking about. It's like puppies particularly need to learn how to follow the leader yeah. off lead, which is their instinct naturally, yeah. you know, the, because as most people know, dogs are hierarchical pack animals. They take on their family as their pack. So they're going to follow the leader. Yeah. and stay safe by following the leader. But if they don't get the opportunity to do that off-leash so that they can, and particularly in urban areas, there's no, no. chance. I, I, because it's got so bad with big, powerful dogs, and I hate laws, but if it meant curing this, you can't let your dog ever off the lead, I'd be happy for them saying anything over 25 kilos has to have a muzzle. Oh, when it's off lead. 
and it wouldn't affect them. The dogs get used to muzzle, but at least it stops some of those big ones killing the little Killing ones. little fluffies. But they can't yeah. get social with other dogs unless they meet other dogs, strange dogs, off the leaf. Yes. And this idea of, look at me, you should be the centre of their attention. Well, I'm the centre of their attention with my pack, but they've got other interests as well yes. in life. That's not, the, that's not healthy, I don't think, that you should be everything. Walk along, looking at your owner, looking at your owner. You shouldn't be interested in other dogs. Or I know. I it's, don't like that idea at all. Well, it's wrong. It's yeah. just ridiculous yeah. because one of the things that I notice around here, because um, this is a high dog population, you know, where I live in northern Gold Coast, and people won't even let their dog, if their dog obviously is friendly, yeah. wants to say hello, particularly to my little girl who's obviously old and harmless, they'll, the, the dog wants to stop and wag its tail and have a sniff and say hello, they just keep walking and drag the dog away. They don't allow their dog the opportunity to say hello. So what's the first thing it's going to do if it gets off the lead? Yeah, it's going, it's to, going to go crazy, isn't it? Barrel up yeah. and, and to say hello. And into a dog. Yeah. Because it's never learned from a little age where it's controllable at a little age not to do that from the other dogs. Yes, yeah. and that's what I was saying earlier. It's like that's why puppy school, you know, where, where you've just got a bunch of people with little puppies is a complete waste of time. Because puppies don't need to be around other excited puppies. No, they need to be around see adults. And, and now and again, see, I'm I, I'm I'm of the firm opinion that puppies should have some interaction and play with other puppies at some point. We snatch puppies away from their siblings at eight weeks old, and then go. Well, you can't play with anyone your age ever again. You've got to be act like an adult from now on. Well, we don't, but some people do, and that's becoming more common around. Well, no, they want to play, and that is part of being a social dog, learning to play, and learning to play with youngsters and learning to play with adults and learning not to play with adults. So you need to get them around all the different personalities of dogs. And the way I, I advise doing it in now the age we're living in now, is try and find a friend or a neighbour and go for a walk with them. So it's it's under control and you go for a walk and if they're nice dogs, you can get somewhere on the field and let them off and then they can have a little play and put them back on the lead. You can pass other dogs. They learn they can't run to every dog and then you've got to get your dogs off the lead to get the recall good really early and they will naturally follow you. Mm. So that's all part of it. And then take them down to the supermarket, let them watch all the trolleys flying around, the kids running, all those different personalities, the, all the bangs and the clangs. And, and those sliding kids. doors, get them, you know, yeah. the supermarket sliding yeah. doors. That's Go one of my... lifts and yep. everything. Modern-day life is really noisy and chaotic. Yep. Uh, that's a part of socialisation. Go to a market, they're brilliant. So full of people and noise and dogs walking everywhere. And just sit down on the bench and teach them to be watchers again and just enjoy some. And people come up and they say, can I, oh, what a lovely puppy. And you say, yeah, and you put your hand up and they say, yeah, do you want to stroke it? And then let them stroke it and cuddle it and do what they like. Let them do all the squeaky voice, but just stop them first. So they learn, don't run up to everybody. Yeah. They were learning all that stuff. 
It's pretty simple, really. Isn't it? Well, it, you know, it's, it is and it isn't because it reminds me of a lovely client I had the other day with a 12-month-old uh, poodle, toy poodle chihuahua cross. He was very puppy-like, you know, like he was, yeah. he was, I wouldn't have thought he was 12 months old. He was such a puppyish little He's been dog. puppies all his life. Pardon? Been fed to be a puppy all his life. Yes. I called it feeding the emotions and they fed the puppy emotions fed the, and they haven't fed the calm adult emotions. No, that's up. right. But I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah. What, what were you, you talking about? You went around to see this big thing and I, was, I missed your train of thought. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I have no okay, idea what well, I was going to say, so we'll just carry on. It was obviously you, my mother would say, well, it must have been a lie. That's what my mother would say. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to lie if you tell the truth. No, that's no, that's wrong. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You, you, don't, don't, you don't need to have a good memory if you tell the truth. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll move on then. You come back to that if you remember. If I remember, that. I will. Oh, yeah, part of that socialisation is, I don't know, I forgot <laughs> I've just, I've just remembered part of what I was Good. going to say about this gorgeous little. Oh, I know. I've remembered mine now. So <laughs> no, well, hang on. I've remembered mine before I forget it. No, you have to wait now because I remembered first. <laughs> no, um, the, the, the hardest part, I think, for people, because we have this um, fur baby mentality, yeah. you know, which is hard not to do when you've got a little dog that looks like a teddy bear. This little chappy, Wolf, well, his name if was. Ever, if ever I, any of my relatives, my kids have a furry baby, I'll say, throw it back in. <laughs> Shove it back in. There's Stop something it. not right. Stop it. <laughs> no, they were very, it was a very affectionate yeah. pup, right? Very affectionate dog and very affectionate family. So lovely people. But. I was trying to help uh, Acacia, her name is Love, I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning her, trying to help Acacia uh, not encourage him to leap all over her and lick her face and be all excited, right? So we're sitting on the floor, we're cross-legged on the floor, and I said, okay, uh, he's going to come to you because he was sitting with me quite calmly, and I said, you sit down on the floor, he's going to instantly want to come to you. And and I said, what I want you to do is just say no and push him away, right? And he ran to her as she sat down. And the first thing she did instinctively was she opened her arms, he jumped into her lap and she snuggled him. I said, Acacia, what did it and she just went, Oh, I can't. I said, you know, exactly. Yeah. And it's like I, I I get that completely. It yeah, was I get it. No, so you I say you people, have to you don't have to lose it. But you have to not do it sometimes. You have to yeah. sit there and the dog comes up and lays next to you. You Sometimes you go, no, go away. away. And you don't pat them. But you know what she said? And and I was, it's a genuine question that I hear from clients. She said, but what if he, what if he won't like me anymore, yeah. you know, if I push him away? And that's that's understandable from the human point of view because if you push a human away, they might react badly. You know, like not physically, but like yeah. if you tell a human to go away. But it's it's what comes back to is we are using human psychology on an animal. 
and projecting our human emotions and our human feelings onto an animal. And I said to her, look, he is going to be happier with a pack leader, with with someone who will give him direction and protection and structure and rules and boundaries. He's going to love it. They crave that. It's got to have independence as well as the... The dependence. Yeah. So if it's only got dependence and got to be with you all the time, that's the anxiety. That's exactly. Cling, uh, with, well, it, it does relate to children as well. Clingy children, then back in my time, get off clinging around your mum's skirt all the time. Get away. Get out from under my legs. Yep. And so you did get sent away. Yeah. So you've got to have independence from it as well. Yeah, but that, that emotion of I'm being mean, I, I get that so often with clients. doesn't matter what type of dog. Yeah. It's they feel like they're being mean if they offer any kind of correction or discipline or simply just say, don't jump up on the couch, get down, get off my knee. I, I've had young girls, teenagers, yeah. see a dog, but, of course, the parents have called me in because uh, it's out of control actually cry because I pushed their dog away. And yep. I said, you've got to push them away and get them to get off the phone. I actually sit there crying. These are 18, 19-year-old girls that are acting like nine-year-olds. <laughs> well, I don't know about nine-year-olds, that's bad. But crying because someone's being mean to their dog by making it get off the furniture. Mm. And that's why dogs are so nuts. Yeah. Because we're treating them like literally furry children. And you can teach them, you can treat them like furry children. As Sometimes. Long as you act like a proper parent. <laughs> and a proper parent yeah. doesn't just cuddle their kids and do nothing else and let them do what they like. Well, lots of parents uh, well, do. Let's from, not even go there. Apart from the other. 60% that do. Yeah. Oh, socialisation. Yeah. Back to that, what I forgot and what I remember. Right. Is I think every single person with a dog should socialise their dog with animals, other animals. Sheep, horses, cows. Yep. They're the main three. Because it doesn't matter if you live in a city. I'll give you an instance about seven, eight years ago in Ipswich, in the town, People got acreage and they had some pet sheep in there. Two staffies got out from across the road, straight in the sheep, and that was everyone's pets. Kids used to come down Aww. to go to school, feed them this carrots. Is, this and, is not a good know, story. The, yeah, well, got into ripped yeah. them all to pieces. Yeah. The staffies got killed. Yeah. You know, obviously they're going to be killed. Yeah. And there's a big outcry that killed the staffies. It's not their fault. Well, what are you going to do with them? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but that everyone in the town thinks it's not going to happen because they're not living in sheep country, mm. out in the country. But it does happen. People do go by on horses. You see so many yes. times. I go up the bike trail, which is the old railway line we've got. It's for horses as well. Mm. When the horses come by, people with dogs, their dogs go crazy. Yeah. The horses. Yeah. You can go down the beach and people will be doing their donkeys or horse riding. And when your dog gets out, you never know where it's going to go. You might go over next doors and kill their baby rabbit. Well, that's a bit different to, you can't all train to rabbits, but to, but you can to horses. You can take them around to stables. In the, here on the Gold Coast, it's very built up. There's stables around for horses. Yes. You just go up on the fence and tell your dog, let them see them. Let them smell them. Smell yeah. them. And so then you won't have a cheap sheep killer, which is really, really bad. Every day in England, 
sheep are being killed now. Yeah. Uh, so that's another part of socialisation. Well, even like chickens. A good, a good citizen. Yeah, like like built up areas. Yeah. Many people have chickens yeah. and lots of dogs. Like even my little tequila, she's a French toy spaniel, yeah. right? So she, the spaniel in her wants to chase birds. Yeah. And I know that if I had chickens, I would have to really train her. Yeah. <laughs> She's having a little dream. Oh, she must have... little dogs having a little dream, barking, chasing chickens. Chasing chickens, probably. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear the little noise in the background, that's her chase after chickens. She was chasing chickens. But that would be her instinct. She would yeah. want to not necessarily eat yeah. them because she's not, you know, she's not that way inclined, but she would disturb them and I would have to train her not to yeah. attack the chickens or, or at least, you know, run and, at them. And that's not easy for the prey-driven dogs for people to do, but if you get going to make sure you to go to the right trainer. You have to get the right trainer for stock. If you're going to get chickens or your dog's going for a cat, your cat, pet cat, you have to get the right trainer because you're putting your cat and your chickens in danger. If you get the wrong trainer and there's not a lot around, do all your research on that that can actually teach you so you, they're safe. Yep. Because barriers don't do it. Don't believe them. They say, yes. keep your chickens safe by keeping them in the run. That doesn't do it. Because one day they can rip that wire off and get it clicked in the bed. Or the kids leave the chicken hutch open, the rabbit hutch open. Yep. You have to have your dogs totally 100% safe with whatever you've got. Yep. Yeah. Right. So we're going to move on now. Oh, are we? All right. We're going to have a little rent. Oh, friendly rent. rent time. Yeah. Yes, let's have a so rant. So we're going to rant about a couple of idiot uh, clients we have, we've had in the past. Now, every dog trainer gets, we deal with the public. So out in the public, <laughs> one in a hundred's mental. <laughs> and now and again, we met, get a mental one. <laughs> or not necessarily mental, but not very nice. <laughs> Uh, well, what's yours? Have you got one? Uh, let me think. Yes, I do have one. Um, and this lady wasn't mental. She was just incredibly entitled. And uh, I'll tell you the story. What happened was I won't say where That's and I won't idea. say when. Yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> That's the idea. That's tell why we're the, on the story. radio talking so you can tell the story. <laughs> I got a call, right, from a nice-sounding lady and she had a spoodle. Um, wasn't Yeah, it was a spoodle. It was a big spaniel poodle cross, standard poodle cross, and it was out of control and she had a small poodle that was also out of control and they were barking at the birds. And so the particular disturbance was the dogs would... Well, in the garden, but... Yeah, in the garden, yeah. So the birds would fly over. Yeah. They had a big garden. Yeah. And the dogs would run out and bark hysterically at the birds. That's a border collie thing. That's a big problem I find with border collies. Is it? Yeah. You're interrupting my story. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this was not a border collie. This was a spoodle and big one and, a, and an actual poodle, toy poodle. So I went ready to... Did my, you know, I sent people an email saying this is how I work and it's a three-hour intensive and we do, you know, we work with the whole family and um, I said, you know, 
please reply to my email and say, yes, if you're happy with all those conditions and we're good to go. And she replied, yes, thank you. Good to go. So I arrive at the house, beautiful, beautiful home. Um, and I go inside the house and there's a lady doing some cooking in an open plan kitchen. And I said, hello, are you, say your name's Jane. And she said, no, I'm, I'm the cook. Jane will be down shortly from upstairs, right? So a lady came down from upstairs and I said, hello, Jane. And she said, no, I'm the housekeeper. Jane will be down shortly. Uh, oh, sorry, get on with it. I was just going to ask, how old was the lady you were going to see? I would say picture, huh? mid-30s. Okay. Mid-30s. Yeah, mid to late 30s. Yeah. Um, so there's the, the cook and the housekeeper. And then I saw movement out in the garden. I thought, oh, maybe she's out in the garden. So Because they just kept doing their work. Yeah. This is what they're paid for. So I went out through the house to the back garden and I looked around and I thought, oh, no, it's it's obviously a gardener. Yeah. So we've got, we cooked the housekeeper, the gardener, and then I glanced over to... The cabana, that beautiful cabana and a big swimming pool, and there's the pool man cleaning the pool. And I went, oh, okay, okay. So you were there for so, I was, so you were there for another ten minutes watching the pool man. <laughs> Please, I'm beyond that. Right. Uh, so I went back into the house and I thought, well, I'll, you know, the dogs were there and they were relatively well behaved. So I just sat on the couch and I thought I'll just wait for the lady Jane to come down. So she, I hear this racket from upstairs and there's two or three boys, the oldest one would have been seven maybe, and they come clattering down the stairs and they're all in beach gear and Jane comes down the stairs in her beach gear and then she looked at me and she said, oh, good, you're, you're the dog lady, you've come to fix the dogs. Well, we're off to the beach and... Um, uh, to talk to the, talk to the cook or the housekeeper if you have any questions. And I'm I'm so, I was so gobsmacked, and off she went. And I didn't have the presence of mind to say, "Wait a minute, I'm not another one of your servants. I'm here to work with you and your family with your family dogs." So she shot out the door with the kids off to the beach, and I looked at the cook who looked at me with a quirky look on her face, and I said, "Is that?" normal and she said yeah pretty much you know but the worst not that wasn't the worst part for me the worst part was I thought well what am I going to do I mean I there's nothing I can do with the dogs if the owner is not willing to be part of the deal her dogs they're family dogs right so I, I went to go out into the yard and I thought I'll just see what they like with the birds and I noticed the big spoodle was limping so I thought oh I've got to check that and it was midsummer. This yeah. appointment, and I picked his paw up. He had a third degree big burn on his uh, off right front paw, and it was it was sore. It was obviously really sore. It was burnt right through. It was raw. It was red. And I went back into to the cook, and the housekeeper had gone somewhere else. And I said, "This this dog has he been to the vet? She's got a very bad." Ashfelt burn, you know, from the hot road on on his foot. And she said, oh, we mentioned it yesterday, and she said she'll get round to it. So I thought, bugger this bitch, I'm out of here. So I just said to the cook, tell her I had to go, and I just left. And part of me wanted to take the dog to the vet before yeah. I left because I thought she might never deal with this and she'll take the dog out for a walk and it'll burn its other feet. 
because she no, wasn't. The dog walker would take the dog. Oh, the dog picture. walker. Yeah. You know, so different. <laughs> Probably the cook or the housekeeper or, or the gardener or yeah, the pool boy. Yeah, take the dog. Oh, yeah. and I I got in the car and I was fuming. I thought, what a waste of time. Fortunately, I had, didn't have to drive too far to get to the client, but it was a complete waste of my time. I got treated just like a non-human yeah. I'm just a servant to come and fix the dogs in two or three hours and oh the housekeeper will give you the money as she waved out the door and but I was angry about the dog and the fact that he had a very badly damaged paw that had obviously been like that for a couple of days and hadn't been dealt with and I thought you abusive entitled fucking bitch and I was fuming all the way home <laughs> So if you're an entitled white person that thinks that trainers, highly skilled professionals like you and me are bloody servants, don't ring, <laughs> don't message, don't call me. What about an entitled brown person? <laughs> like that too? <laughs> no, not no entitled person. What, no matter what colour you are, do not contact me. I'll tell you about... Just one of mine over the years. I've had quite a few. And this one. Down on the Gold Coast again in your, your territory. My neck of the woods. My, what are you doing that, invading my territory? These are my clients. Because people don't want me. <laughs> Once they hear about me, they don't want you. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. I'm the king. Fair point. So, I was down in the Gold Coast. And for people that don't know, the Gold Coast is obviously on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you but, clarified but that. There's parts of it that are very hilly and parts that are flat. Yes. And the hilly parts are very rich parts because they, they've got views. It's called the hinterland. Are oh, you talking about no, the, hinterland? the hinterland? Oh, right just hilly bits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but right, yeah, overlooking right, the beach and stuff. Overlooking the beach, yeah. all the sea, and it's really steep, hilly places. <laughs> so it's overlooking the beach and the sea. <laughs> 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 like you can have, have beach without sea. <laughs> and the sky. <laughs> the sky, yes. Do yeah. go on. So yeah. go on. So I've got, that's where they lived. And I got there and they're on about an acre. Now that is huge, huge amount of land down on those. A lot of money. Gulf Coast, yes. And the house was about two years old. Big, big, big house. I sat out on the deck and they've got this huge table really nice looking table and it's the, the legs are chewed up all right and they told me it cost them three thousand dollars for this table outside table right and the inside they said oh we're worried we get this chewed up and the inside table they, they told me that would cost ten thousand dollars for the t- for the table <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell spell that's chicken feed to some people on yeah. the Gold Coast. yeah and everything there was with and was talking and there was a, this teenage group came out. It was in the morning, you know, all looking sleepy. So they obviously had a sleepover and they come out and went, uh-huh, you know, uh, grunt, grunt. And they said, <laughs> this is a dog trailer, uh, grunt, grunt, grunt. <laughs> they all wandered off from their phones. And anyway, we had this consultation and we went out for a walk and the hubby came with me. She said, oh, I'll stay here, the lady. And she was a typical... Rich middle-aged lady, not typical. Sorry, no, that's absolutely no. That's wrong to say. totally sexist. You can't say that. No, it's not sexist. Yeah, it's it is. Tip- when I say typical, 
There's no such thing as a typical middle-aged lady. Exactly. Right. That's what I said. No, I, I thought, <laughs> God, you're just repeating what I've already said, for God's sake. Sorry, uh, rewind. She, a, a rich one, a rich one who's more in, thinks more about her appearance than being a normal person. Right. So she wouldn't come for the walk. And it's up on the hills, so it's really hard work. I spent four hours with them. And I, I only charge two hundred and fifty dollars. I'm really cheap. You are friends, too cheap. Really cheap. And we did all this. They're living in this house. It'd be at least ten million, wouldn't it, down there on those mountains overlooking the close to it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because anyway, got paid. He gave me the money. And I said goodbye to them both. Shook hands. I walked down out the gate, and I just got to my ute. And I heard, excuse me, excuse me. And it was her, the first time she came out of the house, out of the garden anyway. She didn't come on the wall. She came running down. And I just turned around and said, yeah, I was expecting the normal. Oh, I forgot to ask you, what if this, what if that? And she said, you owe me $10. <laughs> and I said, what, what do you mean? <laughs> and she said, we're going to 260 <gasps> and you didn't give ten dollars change. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> because I have two fifty, he gave me three twenties. That I was supposed to. I, you I were supposed count to count it in front of them or something. Yeah, I don't count money in front of people. You, know, no. you just you give them the the money, <laughs> and she's chasing me for this ten dollars, and I went, "Oh, I have to get it," and I had to get it out of five dollar note and five coins, and she took them. <laughs> And went back to her $10 million house. <laughs> and I thought, fuck's sake. I really was, I want to, I want to rewind and not do the training. <laughs> Why can't you have, oh, that really, that was really frustrating. Because I'm the best trainer around. And I thought, oh, I wish you'd got one of them 300 and something an hour. And they're just useless. And you've got me and you're worried about his $10. Wrong. I laugh about it now, but that frustration that I, I'd actually helped them and <laughs> she'd worried about her $10. Yeah, and, you know, there would be some people that say, well, that's why they're wealthy because they, you know, you look after the pennies and the pounds will yeah. look after themselves. It's like, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just wrong. All right. Uh, <laughs> any more? No, that's, no, that's enough being them. mean about our clients. Right. We'll go to, we'll do a little bit mm-hmm. for our next, next week. Yes. We're going to talk about cages. Crates. And battery dogs and chickens. Crates. Because I call them battery dogs. Crates. Because they're kept in cages. Crates. And I'm starting a society to... Crates. Put an end to them. Crates. Uh, where? <laughs> Secrete. And we'll talk about... I'll just mention... You're one. not listening to me at all, are you? I thought you, <laughs> I thought you had a stutter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You say crages and I say crates. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to catch on. <laughs> but I'll just mention one thing about the cages. Yes. Because I watched a video... And I've watched it quite a few times of trainers, yes, well-known trainers, and they've got a dog in a cage and it's really aggressive in the cage. Yep. And they get it out and they're trying to teach it not to be aggressive in the cage. And none of them get it. Why it's aggressive in the cage? And they, they bring it out and they, they say, 
look, I've got it all right, but when it goes back in the cage, it's not all right. And that's because that cage is the dog's territory. No one goes in the cage and claims it as theirs. It's always theirs. And that's why I don't, I'm, another reason I'm really against them, when you've got a family, those kids are always in danger reaching into the dog in the cage because it's exclusively the dog's territory. territory. Yep. No one goes in there and sits down as a human. If you've got a, a dog bed, the kids run over the dog bed. It's not exclusive to them. They move it around. You move it around when you're hooving, and the case stays as a territory wherever you put it, a locked-in territory that no human ever goes in. For the uninitiated, hooving is vacuuming. Oh, right. <laughs> if you don't come from the south of England. <laughs> What's a larder? What's a larder? That's all I used to get here. What's a larder? So it's in the larder. What's the larder? <laughs> <laughs> a larder is a European car. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you mean a butler's pantry? Yes, a pantry. It's a pantry. Yes. yes. Well, you, obviously, Milady here has <laughs> always called it a pantry. And that's why we're talking about Milady. Yes. I arrive here about six o'clock in the morning. Way and, too early. And you get up and you come out the bedroom with all your jewellery on, looking like you've just going off to the dinner party. <laughs> do, you, do you go to bed and lay there all stiff with all your jewellery on in your makeup? <laughs> Making I sure got, you look like a lady. I haven't got any makeup on whatsoever. I haven't. What wonderful skin you've got. <laughs> <laughs> but I do wear my jewels. I do wear to my bed. jewels all the time. Bloody hell. Yeah. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because you're bloody... Find someone to take them. What? No, not you've, remotely. You've been with some scoundrels. <laughs> who, who have you been taking to bed that you can't trust them? You're going to keep the jewels on. You know what it is? I'm lazy. I can't be bothered undoing the earrings and undoing the necklace and undoing the – because it's got to fiddle and fart around with it. And the other reason is a Chinese person, and they Chinese people know a lot about gold, Chinese lady said to me once – she was a very, very interesting woman, and she said, if you have gold, wear it. It's very good for your body. Gold puts out really good vibes. It's very powerful. So she said, don't leave your gold sitting in the drawer. If you've got gold, wear it. So I thought, all right, I will. So I dragged out all my gold, <laughs> not, not that I've got tons of it, and I wear it all the time. Mm. So that's why I get up looking so glam. Shame I haven't got any gold, isn't it? <laughs> you look a bit You look a bit stupid with a get out the, gold yeah, ring and the necklace on. Rusty nails out or something. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Well, we're nearly out of time, so you better be quick. Oh, well, it's take too long. All right. The time then. Oh. So, so next week. So you'll have the have, question. We're going to have a battle. Don't, hang on. Hang on. What? Let me speak. <laughs> ramming through your question is going to be next week the question you were just about to ask yes yes all right good to know i was just checking next week no next week i was going to say we're going to talk about cages so that'll take a little while yes it will cages placemats and good dog cages placemats and good dog yeah and then the following week food 
Right. Well, let's not get too much ahead of ourselves because we'll probably forget. Yeah. Um, So that's us. Thank you for listening. And it's goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to tell me. Fish is pointing at me to remind me what I've got to say. (laughs) Because he forgets. Look, he forgets. Be quiet a minute. No, I'm telling everyone a secret. He forgets a lot, so I have to, like, point and mime stuff so that he remembers what to say. (laughs) Thank you for that, (laughs) Tris. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from her. You don't get my lady this week. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening. Message us anytime on Facebook or on our websites if you like. Media inquiries, Facebook only, please. Guest requests, Facebook only, please. We'll see you next time.